Welcome back, bookish people, to the E-Reads podcast. I am your host, Liz, and you have found my podcast where I talk about books, authorship, and just all the different parts of the creative process. And today, like every other episode, I have an amazing guest, and we're talking about anthologies. So for those who don't know, anthologies are a collection of work by different authors, and in some cases, actors, which you'll learn more about later in this episode. But before I jump into all that, let me tell you about my guest, who is Lori Lampson. Lori helps bring entertainment, education, and promo projects to life clearly, concisely, creatively, and inclusively with art, heart, and soul. Her specialty is script writing, and over a hundred education, entertainment, and promo projects have been produced, including Guitar Man, a feature film that earned 19 awards, two for the screenplay, an Emmy-nominated video for City of LA, an ecological video for Levi, three awards, a bunch of projects for the U.S. Army. Also, she does some teaching, most recently a workshop on steampunk and genre writing, and a great deal of consulting and editing for screenplays and books. So now that you know a little bit about Lori, we're going to jump right into the episode and then we'll have an ad later on. Welcome, Lori. How are you? I'm great. So nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. Um, love your background. <laughs> as I said Thank before. You. Uh, do you want to share the story of the background and what it represents? I would have to think of the name of the artist first. Wait a second. <laughs> I always forget. I think it's only fair to share the name of the artist. Let me look it up. But this is a piece of public domain art. It's from the 1800s, I think. And it's a woman writing naked at her writing desk. And I related to it. I've (laughs) jumped onto my computer at my desk, you know, totally naked because I had an idea and I had to, you know, capture it. And I I, I felt that other writers could relate to that too. And also... um, the vulnerability of emotionally being naked when you're writing. Absolutely. And, and this is, I used to uh, promote the Now Write book series of creative writing exercises. Fantastic. And so um, before I ask you more about, you know, Now Write and all of that, um, I like to start with what I call a bookish question. And so my question for you is, if you can co-write with anyone, who would it be? Living or dead? Living or dead. Um, uh, Oscar Wilde, Dickens. Those are kind of my biggest heroes. Shakespeare. Um, he was on my list when I was thinking about who I would <laughs> Shakespeare? Yeah. I don't know how good of collaborators these gentlemen are. Poe, although I think it'd be a little scary. Ooh. I mean, I'm thinking of real classic old-timey writers, but... um. And there's even ancient writers <laughs> that I really like. Greek playwrights. I have a script with the screenplay where the first part is based on an ancient Greek play. And it, it's just so modern. It's wild because it's a few thousand years old. Oh, my um, goodness. Yeah. 
Those are some good picks, though. Those are old timey. I mean, there's probably screenwriters that I really admire. Promising young woman. What's her name? She's an actress. Could look it up. Promising young woman. Actress wrote and directed it. And I think that is really special. Emerald Fennel. Mm. She's a British actress who wrote and directed a Promising Young Woman, which I think is one of the most interesting, relevant thing. I mean, not necessarily for everyone, not like everything everywhere all at once. I think it's for all of us. Mm-hmm. Promising Young Woman is probably a smaller audience for that, but I really relate to it as, a you know, a female empowerment, weird story, although I don't know how empowered she ends up at the end, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I I could, I, I watch a lot of stuff and I enjoy a lot of stuff, a very eclectic taste. So it took me a while to compile. I think I, I once made a list of my favorite movies and it's like three pages long. <laughs> like, I, I, decades and yeah, I definitely, um, I hate questions like your favorite, this favorite, that, because, oh my God, it depends on the time. It, it, it just a change. The time of day, the yeah. day, the season, the mood. Yeah. Exactly. When you, when you appreciate a lot of different type of work, it's very hard to say I have a favorite. Yeah. Cause it's so relative. Yeah. Favorite yeah. color is the same thing. I love colors. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, Lori, you know, again, welcome to the show. Please tell folks a little bit about Now Write. Okay, it's an interesting story. Um, I can go from the very beginning. My aunt was getting into creative writing and taking these classes and meeting these amazing writers, teachers. And she started doing interviews with them that were so great because she was a social worker and she they just were so deep. And she was getting them published in these big journals you know, literary journals. Yeah. And I thought they were so awesome. I said, what about a book, a compilation, an anthology? That's kind of my thing of these pieces that you're making. And yeah, I add some more in. And she's like, you're insane. And then I saw her six months later, she lived on the East Coast. I was in California. Six months later, she's like, will you read my book proposal? I'm like, yes, of course. And she went to, it was at the time called Tarcher Penguin, another Tarcher Perigee. And they said, well, we don't want to publish this book, but we like the idea that you know all these writers and teachers. And what about an anthology of like essays and exercises that's uh, more targeted to exercises, that essay is kind of an introduction. Right. And more of them. So she did like 84. She's like, okay. She did this fiction. I thought it was so amazing. And meanwhile, she did find a little tiny publisher for her other book. It's called Illuminating Fiction. Mm. There's a link to it on the Now Right site. I still think it's amazing. These interviews with these really talented authors are just so deep and inspiring and mm. educational. They're wild. So Now Right, a little different. So this Now Right Fiction came out. She was working on Now Right Nonfiction. And I suggested screenwriting as the next topic because that's where my thing. And I knew writers. I knew a lot of the great consultants and teachers. Mm-hmm. So that's what I suggested. And she brought me on as a partner. That's where I learned this crazy world of anthology where it's just a lot of organization and it can take a long time. And I told her, you know, the screenwriters might be a little harder to get. They're a little more, I don't know, they have these agents and 
it's going to be harder. And it was harder, but we did. We got a great, really? even more, 94 contributors. And what is special to me about my route screenwriting, first of all, she was a beginning writer at the beginning, and her approach was to these books to be for beginners. Okay. With the screenwriting, I was introduced in the idea that not just for beginners, it could be for more advanced, experienced writers like me. Not that I'm so advanced, but I had been doing it for a So um, what it includes is contributions from screenwriters that are not in books. They're not, you don't hear from them. It's mm. a different perspective than what you get in the, you know, teaching books about screenwriting. So that was unique about it. And also even some of these, you know, TV writers and stuff, real professionals were like, I didn't expect to learn anything, but I did. It's right next to my bedstand. I'm reading it every night. People get a lot out of it. Even if they don't do the exercise, you get a lot just from the essays. So then um, she went on to do Now Write Mysteries, Crime and Thriller. She was working on that. And sadly, she passed away. She had a um, surgery and it wasn't sure if she's going to come out. And mm. I, uh, so we planned ahead of time that I would have to take over. She sent me all her contact, you know, she was in the process of collecting exercises. She had done most of it. So sadly, I have to take that over. I mean, who else would know how to do it? I'd already done one with her. So, um, and then the publisher asked me, or maybe the agent, do you want, are you going to do another one? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's a lot of work by yourself. So then I came up with science fiction, fantasy, horror, respect genres. I wanted to call it, they wanted to call it science fiction, fantasy, horror. Okay. And I realized that how much I liked those genres, especially like the smart versions, the ones that really make you think, and they're about philosophical things and just weird. And I started to realize as I researched, this is some of my favorite stuff. I didn't realize that. I like comedy and right. I don't know. It was it was a strange experience and it was fun. And I took a different approach. Mm-hmm. Pardon me. I took a slightly different approach because the screenwriting with screenwriters and TV writers mysteries she had people that they had done some tv and movie but they mostly were authors and they had series a lot of mysteries end up having series for this i was like it's going to be about the genres more than the medium mm -hmm. so i'm going to be open to they mm -hmm. wrote in different mediums but they wrote in these genres so i have a horror poet in there what exercise is awesome some real legends they were living legends at the time at least one of them passed away. Um, TV writers, movie writers, and then people with series. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But there's, it just, I was going more for the genres and the medium. And it's really educational. And the thing about the Now Write books, it's what I love about anthologies in general. It's like many voices in one world or one topic and it's not like the screenwriting one there's plenty of books that are attempting to be an end-all be-all or you know step by step this is what you do that's not what these books are they're very eclectic it's like you can find something you can open it up like i need to work on dialogue and there's a chapter with a bunch of pieces on dialogue it's sometimes people are overlapping in their topic there's two different essays and exercises about subtext they're coming at it in a different way Absolutely. 
So is this a different thing than um, ABCD, write your screenplay? It, it's more for inspiration and exercises if you're stuck or go to a specific area. There's different ways you can use it. Or just read it beginning and you will learn a lot. I All of them that. are like that. I love that because like from so many different angles, right? So one from anthologies are interesting because you get, you know, maybe you go to an anthology because you follow a particular writer or a person, and then mm -hmm. you get to find someone else that you never would have heard of and you get to see all this different collaboration. And so that's always nice. But also from the point of view of like a craft book, I like that, like there's sometimes like a, a craft book, you only need this section or that section and you can really do that. You know, you mentioned that there's exercises but also the different points of view of the person who is giving the exercise. Mm -hmm. So that is very unique and creative. It's really cool. Um, you just said something that made me realize when I was younger, I used to really eat books. I don't read as much like I used to, but I, lo I loved like books of short stories. So I, I think I got a taste for this. I just <laughs> thought of that when you said that. Um, yeah, the thing is, there's an introductory essay. It's like we have a format, but within the format, there's a lot of difference. Some are really short, some are really long. There's ones where there's lots of steps. Those tend to be more the teachers mm. and the consultants. There's some with, you know, it might be something very simple, but their introductory essay, a lot of times it's like what they learned, how they learned this, how they've applied this, why it's helpful, why you should do it, or you might want to do it. So the essays, that's why I said people have said they haven't done any of the exercises, but they love the essays. They felt like they learned a lot because it's about the industry too. It's I'm talking about screenwriting, but all of them just, they might cover, like I said, a similar topic, but they're coming at it a different way. It's a different Absolutely. exercise and it's a little bit something for everyone. So it's not, um, you can find something useful for okay. sure. I think the now right books belong in every writer's bookshelf. I like to I like it as a paperback. I mean, they're available, of course, as ebooks, but the nature of the book and how you would actually use it, I think it's more practical and useful to have the books. You can just like flip it up and you can go, okay, I need to learn something today. What is it? Let me like go to that chapter. Absolutely. Like I I have made the error of sometimes getting like an audiobook or an ebook of, of a craft book. And then I've had to go back and buy like the paperback because there's sometimes, yeah. at least for me, like you need to like have it in your hand, be able to like feel it and highlight and just have that physicality. Highlight it, yeah. Yeah. So I, market or go mm -hmm. to not read it in a linear way. I yeah. agree about craft books and even like self-help books, things like that. Absolutely. I love that. And you it also have uh, one for actors and did I see not it? Yet, not yet, yet. Okay. And audio as well. So tell us a little bit more. Okay. This is crazy. Okay. Years ago, when I was finishing the other one, I decided I wanted to do the same thing for actors. And it's so ambitious because I thought screenwriters are hard to get. Name actors are even harder. I'm getting closer. I mean, I've collected so many wonderful exercises. It's about craft and about um, and about the business like auditioning, like business side of being an actor. It's both. Yeah. So I've collected a lot of good stuff. I still am working on toward getting uh, some names just because it's helpful with the publishing. But I realized this is a valuable book as it is, even if I don't get the big names. Um, so I'm not going to give up on it. I would like to wrap that up by the end of the year. 
I said that last year, <laughs> but this year for sure. I mean, this because now I, I have some good things. I have some, I do have some sort of rather successful actors in it, just like, like the big names, but, and I haven't given up on them. I'm just, it's hard to get to them. They've got all the gatekeepers mm. that are more strict than the screenwriters gatekeepers, oh but I'm working at it. So regardless, yeah. I think it's going to be a really valuable book and not just for actors because a lot of the stuff about a lot of it is the craft and that's for actors but stuff about the business mm. I think anyone interested in working with that like I think it'd be valuable for directors mm. people who want to understand actors and work with them the business side and the craft side and I have not just actors contributing there's directors and casting directors just like with the other books, it's like, if you have something valuable for actors, I want to include it. I love that. And did I also see that you have an audio anthology? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of an anthology lady, I realize. <laughs> so tell me. I, I just love anthology. I mean, there's so much work, but I, I kind of, I just, like I said, I love many voices under yeah. one sort of roof. Um, with the audio anthology, it's called Anti-Heroin. It's a podcast series, scripted podcast series, audio anthology. During the pandemic, I produced a short audio of, I mean, it's like short script of mine. I produced it with actors because I was like, I would like something finished of mine that I can share with people. Show my writing and whatever. And I don't know if it's going to be people's favorite thing. I mean, you know, execution. I I shouldn't say that. It's cute. And it, it, it's funny. And I have a few things in mind, but Anyway, I created this audio and I was going to like just release it, just have it out there, a sample of my work. Right. And then I got this brainstorm about what if I made an anthology and put it all together with other stuff under the theme of all women lead characters. So I started to put it out there and collect stuff. And, um, and I realized I have a short film that fit the theme very well. And that's what took the longest editing down and reorganizing to make it make sense with mm -hmm. audio and cutting out things I don't like anymore and shorter. And this film, every time I thought it was done, it's like, I had to go back in there and it's four hours and it's still not oh done, my. but I'm happy with it now. That's going to be one of the later ones coming out. So um, that's a few of them. Mine's not the only one. There's two others that were short films that were adapted for audio only. Really? And, um, yeah, because if you like can make it work, process. yeah, because they already have the soundtrack. Like the first one I did, it's called Muriel. Yeah. I think it's the second one I released. Yeah, second or third. Second. And it um, with Muriel, I learned, having made short films before, you starting from scratch. I never even thought about that. Like you have your audio of your actors talking, but you have to create the entire world. Every background noise, the phone ringing sounds like she's uh learning how to be an auto mechanic so it starts she's in the class so i start with this grinding <laughs> sounds of working on cars you have to layer in every single thing if there's a few steps taken if it's not there it feels weird whereas when you're making a film often audio can be challenging to get it cleanly without a lot of noise but you kind of take for granted when you're shooting you're also recording sound and you you've got something there so here it's like with audio, you're starting from scratch, but that also is such a creative process. I actually really, really enjoyed it.
Really? So, you are definitely like the anthology queen in terms. You, you got screenplays, you got audio. Like, is there an area of anthology you haven't touched upon yet? Well, I will tell you, I have a sort of coach who wants to partner with me to offer helping people make their own anthologies in different industries. Stop. We haven't even started yet. We've just talked about it at length. Um, his idea is because this is like most of his clients are more like in different businesses or not so much in entertainment like me. Fringe tales, better do. And um, he, so it's kind of a natural fit with the other things he's doing to help people build their platform and build their, um, their business. And the idea is they can be an author and have a book and invite other people in their industry to contribute their essay, their point of view. So it's again, under one topic, but it's different experts and it's a great networking thing to network with other people in your field and maybe partner with them on other things. And our thing is like, they can write it or we can do it for you, hold their hand through the whole process, such as I'd interview them, I'd you know, edit, give it to them for approval. And he would, be more of the marketing side of it. I would be more of the actual creation of the book. Right. So with how he and I would partner. And it was really, it was his idea. And uh, I think it's a great idea because it, it can be effective in pretty much, you know, a lot of industries. And it's like, it's a white label thing. It's like your thing. You're the author editor or you're the author and you're contributing a piece and you're, it's under your roof of your brand. Mm -hmm. So it can be really useful for a lot of business people that and maybe don't necessarily want to write or have the time to write. Right. We can get it with an interview a lot of times. That's what I'm doing with acting books sometimes. A lot of them are also writers or happy to write, but some of them I interview them and then I edit and give it back for for their approval. It's just easier. Actors aren't all writers and they're not <laughs> they might be great writers. They're just maybe nervous about it. I don't know. We're too busy. Mm, absolutely. Like Again, I love how you you blend, again, this, you know, the exercises. So, like, there's a little something for everyone, right? You have the exercises. You have the experience. There's something for everyone. Um, and, and it's, you know, again, and thinking how you've taken this over for, from your family member. It, it's just, it's a nice little story. Uh, and it's a nice strange, isn't it? I know. Yeah. You know what? It's so weird. It's like I built this website for her because she wanted to be, she wanted to offer, she was starting to offer kind of coaching because mm -hmm. as a social worker and understanding writing, she thought she would be a great writing coach. And I agree. She would have been great. I mean, she died right when I was getting the website done. Mm. So I had this website and then I had more books to add on to it. And I just added on to it. And of course I offer now some services like she wanted to offer, which is coaching one-on-one. -on -one. What I do is more consulting. Yeah. I have a couple of people that I'm just sort of coaching to creatively coaching them in different ways, but usually it's consulting on a book or screenplay, reading it very in-depth notes, and then uh, talking about what I'm suggesting and helping you brainstorm solutions and things like that. And then I also do editing, a lot of editing on books sometimes. Oh my God, you're busy. <laughs> I like to be. I'm not always. I, mean, I just had a slow time recently, but... <laughs> It's interesting. I was having a conversation yesterday with an author who 
I just think their publisher and their editors, they do nonfiction. They didn't really understand fiction. So we had this lively discussion about, you know, some of their advice. I just didn't agree. And the way, and then I realized that then, oh, because they specialize in a different kind of book. Mm. So they're applying that knowledge to fiction, which is different or based on a true story, dramatized. Also the way he described how the agent, I mean, how, uh, an editor worked with them. It's like so different. Just really? give it to me and I'll blah, 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 and I'll show you. I, I just would never do that. I what I like to do is empower artists and writers. I want to empower you and I want to understand what you're right. trying to do. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you know, and so if I don't understand it, we'll talk about it. Maybe it didn't get on the page. But it's all about what you are attempting to accomplish and can we make it more effective for an audience? That's the job of the editor, not to impose their point of view. And I think maybe I have a lot of my own creative outlets. So it's like, I have no need to impose on someone. I really want to make their, help them make their project work with their voice in their way with what they want to say. I love that. In, In thinking about, you know, empowering people in their voice, for those listening, are there any words that you can say about how an anthology can help to empower them or how they can use an, uh, an anthology in a helpful way? Well, for writers, the Now Write Books existing, there's just a lot of great stuff in there. The fiction and nonfiction ones have really creative exercises if you're not a screenwriter or a genre writer. So that exists. Um, if you want to create an anthology, I think there's a lot of benefits to that, like work with us or do it on your own. There's a lot of benefit because you are uh, connecting with people in your industry that may be ahead of you mm. and learn from that could help open doors and lift you up and give you opportunities or even you're just learning from being around them and putting yourself in that world with maybe people that are more advanced in your field it's very powerful. It's it's very empowering and it's very confidence boosting. I mean, from the Now Write Screenwriting, I was brought on to International Screenwriters Association to be the host of their telecons. I did that for four years. And I'd bring people from my books and I'd prep them, interview them, and, and I'd manage the Q&A. And I just was very uplifting and I learned a lot and it was a networking thing. It was great. So you never know what can happen when you put to, to an, an anthology together. Just like if you're an author of a book, people always say you want to author a book because it makes you more of an authority. An anthology book, in some ways, it makes you even more of an authority because you're learning from all the contributions and you're hobnobbing with them, so to speak. So I, I think there's a lot of benefits to putting an anthology together. And it is a lot of work. It's just having more voices, I think, uplifts what you want to say. Hmm. I, I love how you kind of touch on it, it being a networking tool. I don't think, you know, writing is so, so solo. And so mm-hmm. I think that is a really great way to connect with others, to, to build your craft, to, to learn from others. Um, so thank you for, for that. And, and like authors, I think, you know, they do very well sometimes like anthologies of sci-fi fiction Mm-hmm. zombie love stories or you know would you pick your theme that you're interested in that you want to participate in just like what I did with anti-heroin the audio series it's like I have a kind of a theme and I I want to elevate the theme 
and it's really kind of different. Most of the fiction audio I've heard is sci-fi and horror. Mm. This is there's a little bit of that. There's like a mixture of genres. There's my things tend to be semi-satirical comedy drama, and there's sci-fi futuristic. There's a witch trial story. There's different things. So whatever you're into and interested in, you could put together a fiction anthology mm. and invite you know, more advanced writers than yourself. And now you're in communication with them and you, it's just, it's fun. It elevates you, you learn, and you're putting yourself on a par with all your other contributors. If not, you're the author of this too. So you're kind of the authority, at least of this anthology. And you're becoming it. like a real expert on this topic or this type of this genre or this medium. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've learned a lot myself about audio just from working on that. Anyway. Listen, that is, is listen, I'm going to have to definitely do a deep dive into that link because I thought that was so cool, the audio uh, um, anthology. So thank you for, for sharing about that. And for those who are just like, I need to know more. I want to connect with Lori. How can they connect? Where can they, they read more about the things that you produce? Well, I have the Now Right site. That's nowright.net, N-O-W-W-R-I-T-E.net. My other main site where I have my homepage for anti-heroin is Jazzy May Media, J-A-Z-Z-Y-M-A-E, media, all one word, dot com. And on that homepage, there's a link to the anti-heroin homepage. And there's also a link to my news flash, which I'm starting to do more often and just to say about that really quickly, that is, yes, updates on what I'm doing, but I also have a creative colleague showcase. And something else I've started is, um, it's called like an opportunities or resources. Oh, lovely. Like there's this contest coming up or this discount or whatever. Because that's what I, I like to, I don't know, network people or I I get an email with a resource. Oh, that person could use that. I send that to them. It's kind of what I do anyway. So a friend of mine suggested do that in my newsflash, which maybe once every two months is what it's going to be. Nice. Well, I'm doing anti-heroin maybe once a month, but probably going to slow down after <laughs> I'm busy. You are busy. And so I thank you so much for taking the time to come and, and chat with me on my podcast. Um, it has been fantastic having you. Um, Lori, before I ask my, my last question, is there any last words that you want to leave folks with who might either be inspired and want to connect with others and do an anthology or just, you know, about writing? Is there any last words you want to leave us with? Well, for creative people in general, I think one of my biggest obstacles was uh, perfectionism, judging my work, not good enough in the artist's way changed that for me completely. What I picked, got from that, I was ready, I guess. It's not for you to judge your own work. Others are going to do that. Don't worry <laughs> about that. Yes. And then, and <laughs> so it's just for you to do it. If you have the calling to do it, it's for you to do it. And the first drafts are for you. You're getting your ideas out. Don't expect it to be polished. I was, you know, unrealistic expectations, expecting something to come out perfect and polished. That's not how writing works. It's just not how it works. There's going to be a different brain to edit and there's getting input. And I agree with that. I disagree with that. Oh, that's a great idea. Um, you know, that's why we call them drafts. It's not <laughs> first draft work. And so 
And so um, perfectionism can be replaced with excellence. I'm seeking excellence and mastery of my craft, which could be a lifetime journey, which is a valid life journey, yeah. in my opinion. Whereas perfectionism is the enemy of creativity. That's why you get stuck. It's, it's an enemy. It's not helping you. You're better off. We're all better off as creators and artists to uh, not worry about perfect, perfect because, by the way, it doesn't exist. Who gets to decide? Your audience might be bigger or smaller. Your project might be effective, more or less effective in touching an audience or pulling them in. And you can move it toward more effective as you become more, you know, more skilled and masterful. That that rewired my brain, I think, a little bit. It's like, Listen, it's rewired. so perfect. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going for mastery and excellence and I'm learning and I will continue learning. Come on, Lori. <laughs> that listen, love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, again, thank you so much for all your words of wisdom. Um, listeners, please check out Lori and all of these wonderful now write books. Um, if you missed how to connect with her, it will be in the episode show notes. So please take a look there. Um, Lori, my last question for you is, um, I like to leave people with inspiration, something that they can use either in their writing, their creating, their music, cooking, whatever the way they express themselves. So if you had to leave us with a word or a phrase, what would you leave us with? I wish I had a quote or something. <laughs> I have millions of words of wisdom that I collect <laughs> for my own inspiration. Um, just do it. <laughs> okay, that'll work. Um, you're, I, I think your voice matters. Your calling. If you're called to do something, fears, anxiety, stuff gets in the way. It's worth exploring because you'll grow and heal. Mm. But it is just do it. It's explore it. It's take the little baby steps. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Lori, I love it. Listen, y'all. So to hear what I do with Lori's prompt, just do it. Stay to the end of this episode. Um, I cannot wait for y'all to hear and I can't wait to create it. So thank you so much for that, Lori. Thank you. I mean, not original. I got it from Nike, but I think it applies. <laughs> it really applies for artists. I mean, so many people who are kind of stuck. Yeah. We're so worried because I, I know how it feels. I was like that. It was a big journey for me to learn how to just give my it's permission okay one more word of wisdom <laughs> phrase of wisdom permission worthiness mm. safe these are the three biggest interferences don't feel worthy don't feel safe don't feel like you have permission so you practice giving yourself permission work on your self-worth that your voice is not like anyone else's and that's okay you're not going to sound like mm. Neil Gaiman Neil Gaiman sounds like Neil Gaiman. And safety, that's a biggie. Because you don't want to be judged. You don't want your work judged. It's your baby. So that's really working on, on safe, secure, protected by divine love. Come on, Lord. Affirmation I used to tell all the time. <laughs> now, and you do coaching as well. So y'all better <laughs> connect with Lori for more of these words of wisdom. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for stopping by, Lori. Thank you, Elizabeth. I love 
deep conversations about the sacred art of storytelling and being a creator. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you. True story, Carrie yells over the aggressive growl of the plane's motor, capturing the attention of her eager listeners gripping their seatbelts as the plane knocks against the gust. Turning from the billowy clouds outside the window to the ashen white passengers, she continues. I'm right there on the edge of my seat. I have the pen in hand, about to sign this half a million contract to be the VP of this tech firm. And then the idea hits me. Boom, out of nowhere, the thought comes and says, I should fly planes. So you know what I do? I push the pen to the other side of the table and walk out. Not another word, you know what I mean? But the passengers, Tim and Hank, do not know what she means. They are just two college athletes trying to get to Nevada on a ramen budget. Hence, being in a tin can plane almost ready to give up their lunch. Carrie doesn't wait for Tim or Hank to agree before she continues. It was that day I looked into the best flight schools and started my journey. I had some detours, but sometimes you just gotta do it, you know what I mean? This time, Carrie waits for a reply. Tim and Hank look at each other. Tim kicks his friend in the shin, prompting him to say something. Hank clears his throat. So, was flight school worth it? Tim rolls his eyes, but Carrie smiles and turns her sights back on the open skies. Not really. The instructor was a douche, so I left and decided I'd be self-taught. Like I said, sometimes you just have to do it.